Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the morning devotion here at Christ Life Ministries. I just want to share a few scriptures about deliverance. Now, the other day I spoke about grace that delivers. Now, I want to just speak about deliverance in the real sense of the word. So, um, there are some deliverance ministries that really so focus on the problems that goes you know, into your past and into your roots and into everything and goes to your ancestors to try and get yourself free from all the stuff. And uh, sometimes the word deliverance is associated with that. And that kind of deliverance ministry, you know, I believe Christians need deliverance from those deliverance ministries. But the true real deliverance is in the Spirit of God. And uh, I just want to shed some light on that. It's not, not complicated. It's not a lot of scriptures. So uh, I just want to read a few scriptures. So I want to start here in Matthew chapter 6, where the Lord's Prayer is. So Jesus said, pray in this way. He says, Our Father, verse 9, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our, trespass, our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Okay, so there's the Lord's Prayer. And he said, this is, they asked him, teach us how to pray. And he said, pray like this. So it's a good way, you know, to take this... Uh, this, this, this prayer and pray all kinds of scriptures that connect with it. You know, it's a, it's a good way to pray, to use it like as a framework of prayer. It's a really good thing. But I just want to shed some, some light on a few things. It says, um, our Father, so that speaks of us being born of Him, born of the Spirit. Okay, so we're not in the flesh, we're in the Spirit. We are His children, our Father who is in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now the King James says, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. We are made of earth. We are made of the dust of the earth. So just get this perspective also. Your will be done on earth, in this earth, as it is in heaven. Okay, so for the will to be done on this earth, the will of God needs to be done through those who have the Spirit, through those who are yielded to the Spirit. So it'll happen through people. Give us this day our daily bread. So we've spoken about this before. Daily bread is provision, yes, but it's also the Word. It's the message of the Gospel. It's the Holy Spirit speaking to us daily. And forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. Okay, so um, the forgiveness, this is a message that we preach very strongly, has been given to us through the blood of Jesus. It's an already a done deal. And um, so we can ask him to forgive us our debts, especially if we just come to Christ and we haven't believed before and if we haven't been born again, we say, forgive us our debts. But also daily in relationship with God, you can say, oh, Lord, forgive me for this thing. Okay, so fully knowing that the forgiveness has already been given to you, fully knowing that uh, the forgiveness was given to you in Christ at the cross. So it's it's already a done deal. All right? So uh, it says, forgive us our debts as we also 
have given up resentment against our debtors, forgive our debtors. So you, you take on the right of God to forgive, and you set people free by speaking a word of forgiveness. There's two messages on that, Friday and Sunday, that you can, that you can listen to. Okay, Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So yesterday I spoke about the whole thing of the law of sin and death that arises up and stimulates the forbidden desires, Romans chapter 7. So he says, lead us not into temptation. So that means God is not going to lead us with the law, but he's going to lead us with his spirit. Okay, the law of the spirit of life, which in Christ Jesus has set us free from the law of sin and death. That's Romans chapter 8 verse 2. It says, but delivered us from, deliver us from the evil one. So there the word delivers, deliver comes in. So deliver is take me out of the power of the evil one, okay? And he mentions it just in the context of temptation. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So what is the power that the evil one has? Yesterday's message, speaking about the law, and Romans 7 verse 11, he says, uh, sin uses the commandment as a weapon against me and kills me. So the weapon... The power of the evil one is the law. So the temptation is stirred up by the law. And then the judgment and death is ministered by the law. So he says, lead us not into temptation. So don't lead us with the law, but deliver us from the evil one. Now Romans chapter 7 says, "Just I just want to quickly jump to Romans 7. He says, we are now discharged from the law. I want to say you're delivered from the law. Okay? Discharged from the law. Have terminated all intercourse with it, having died to what once restrained and held us captive. So now we serve not under obedience to the old code of written regulations, but under obedience to the promptings of the spirit in newness of life. So the whole point is, the bondage that people are in are simply ministered to them by the law. The law is what keeps people in bondage. But Jesus has already fulfilled the law and has delivered us out of it, out of the darkness. Now, how can you say the law of Moses is darkness? Well, it's really easy to say that because 2 Corinthians chapter 3 says, the glory in the face of Moses, which who brought the law, is a glory that was to fade and pass away. Now, if glory fades and pass away, what, what remains? It's darkness remains. Okay? So... Uh, the face of Moses, you will only see darkness now. And, and in the time where there was glory on the face of Moses, Moses said, listen, you have to wait. This going to come one from your midst. The prophet going to rise like God raised up me, and him shall you hear. You can read it in Acts chapter 3. So Moses prophesied about Jesus that should come. And then if we read in 2 Corinthians 3, it speaks of the glory in the face of Jesus that is an abiding glory and an ever-increasing glory, which means if you want the light... You need to see the face of Jesus. So the deliverance is away from the old. The glory has departed from the old. There's no power in it. There's no life in it. Into the new, which is Jesus Christ. So deliverance will take you out of the old into the new. It will take you out of uh, the law, which is the power of sin. Romans chapter 7 verse 8. Uh, without the law, sin is dead. And First Corinthians chapter 15 says it. Um, around about maybe late 40s, early 50s, um, he says uh, the, the sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. 
Okay, so sin, if you want to be taken out of sin, delivered from sin, you have to be delivered from the weapon of sin, which is the law. Okay, so if you want real deliverance, you need to be completely, your, your, your intercourse with the law needs to be severed and completely broken off so that you can belong to another, Romans chapter 7, verse 5. So that you can belong to another one, Jesus Christ. So you're taken out of the faded glory, which is darkness, and into the kingdom of the Son of His love. We'll get to Colossians chapter 1 just now. Okay, so back to Matthew chapter 6. He says, um, lead us not into temptation. So what's going to lead you into temptation? Well, we know the law will. And uh, deliver us from evil, from the evil one. All right. Verse 13, the King James, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amplified says the evil one. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. So where's the glory? Is with Jesus, with God the Father. Where is the, the kingdom, the power, and the glory? It's with him, not with Moses. So we need to make, make that distinction. Okay, So the power of bondage, is power of sin is in the law, and the power of deliverance, the power of freedom is with God, who is the Spirit. Right? So it's about me by the flesh trying to live the life according to the law. That's your bondage. That's what you need to be delivered from. And me surrendered to him who is the Spirit. Okay, so now if we just turn back to 2 Corinthians 3, since we were there, um, if we keep on reading, it says here, now remember we're talking about deliverance from bondage. It says here in verse 15, uh, yes, down to this very day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies upon their minds and hearts. So people cannot see and hear what the Father is doing, what the Spirit is doing, so they are separated in their minds and hearts from God. Verse 16, but when a person turns in repentance to the Lord. So that means no more looking at Moses. No more trying by your own strength because that's what Moses teaches. It says the veil is stripped off and taken away. So the moment you start depending on the Lord, the veil is taken away and you start seeing. Verse 17, now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Okay, so the liberty or freedom from bondage, emancipation from bondage, says the Amplified, the freedom that you are looking for, the deliverance that you are seeking, is not in trying to get rid of the problem. So focusing on the problem to try and break the bondage with the problem. No, the, f the focus is away from Moses to the Lord. And wherever the Lord is manifested, there is freedom. So there's another translation that I read before. It says, uh, where the spirit of the Lord is, is supreme. Where the spirit of the Lord reigns supreme. There is every liberty. Okay, so we need to, to get, just get this. Uh, if we can see, if we can be totally surrendered and totally obedient to the Spirit, if the Spirit is Lord in our lives, we know we confess Jesus Christ is the Lord. Uh, we know the Father is, you know, he's, he's in authority. But do you know that the Holy Spirit is Lord? And the Holy Spirit lives inside you. Now, you're not under the law anymore, but you're under grace. That is to say, you're no longer under bondage as a slave to sin. But you are under the rulership of the kingdom of God, the spirit of 
Christ, the Holy Spirit, dwelling in you, leading you. So he says, lead us not into temptation, Matthew chapter 6. So I'm not led by the law written on stone. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5, Acha 3 verse 7 calls it the dispensation of death engraved in letters on stone. Okay, so you don't want to be in the bondage of death engraved in letters on stone. You don't want that. Deliver me from evil. Lead us not into temptation. That's the law. But, so what are we led by? The Spirit. Romans 8 verse 14. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Sons are not in bondage. Sons are free. So it says in Galatians chapter 4. It speaks of the servant and the son. The slave and the son. It says for as long as a a son is a child, it differs nothing from a slave. So he looks like a slave. Okay. So, but when the son grows up and steps into his maturity, he starts walking in the liberty of the freedom of a son. So, so then he starts looking different because of what he starts ruling and reigning through his mouth. So what the son does is he speaks the father's words. The slave can never do that because he doesn't have the right name. He's not born into the right family. But you have been born again, so you're born into the right family. You have the authority, you have the name. So you can start calling out things, and it will obey because of the authority that God has given to you. All right, so your liberty is not in trying to fight your bondage. Your liberty is in embracing the Holy Spirit and from oneness, unity with the Spirit to rule and reign. Romans 5.17, those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness will reign as kings in life. Okay. All right. So your freedom and your liberty is in fellowship with the Holy Spirit and in freedom or how can I put it? Uh, total, uh, you're totally cut off from any fellowship with the law. Okay. So uh, let's just quickly go to Colossians chapter one. Now remember this picture of the darkness and the light. Colossians chapter 1 says, uh, the Father, uh, verse 13, has delivered and drawn us to himself. So there's your deliverance. It's something that's already happened, and you receive it by faith. The Father has delivered and drawn us to himself out of the control and the dominion of darkness. So the dominion of darkness is sin using the law of Moses as a weapon against you to kill you. So the Father has delivered you from the law. He has delivered you from sin. That's Romans 6 and Romans 7. Delivered and drawn us to himself out of the control, dominion of darkness, faded glory. Okay? And has transferred us into the kingdom of the Son of his love. So the kingdom of God is his authority being exerted, the kingdom of the son of his love. So he's not going to dominate you. It's not dominion, it's kingdom, which means he gives you liberty and freedom. So he's not going to just put you in a corner and just, just bark a few things at you. He's going to live in you and through you, and he's going to give you the joy of ruling with him. So if your heart is completely surrendered to him, he will, through you, subdue this earth. Alright, so we need to get this. We need to be totally surrendered to him and follow him. And he rules and reigns through us with absolute authority. So your freedom is in stepping into that maturity as a son. Your freedom is in being completely surrendered and dependent on the Holy Spirit. Uh, so your freedom is in spiritual maturity. And in uh, your flesh nature having completely disappeared from the scene. 
Okay, so the flesh nature can never be tamed, so it had to be killed. So that is what Jesus did. It's through his death. We've been baptized into his death. Through his death, we have died also. And our new real life is hidden with Christ in God. Uh, I've been crucified with Christ. No longer I that live. Christ lives within me. And Christ is free. So I don't have to try and become free. I just need to be in union, true unbroken fellowship, Romans 6, 1 John 1. True unbroken fellowship with him through his blood, through his sacrifice. And I receive it by faith. Okay, so let's just quickly go to Romans chapter 8. He speaks of sons. I'm going to read verse, from verse 14. For those who are led by the Spirit are sons. For the Spirit which you have now received is not the spirit of slavery. So it's a spirit. Okay? To put you once more in bondage to fear. So what ministers fear to you? The law and judgment. Okay? But you have received the spirit of adoption, the spirit producing sonship in the bliss of which we cry, Abba, Father, my Father, my Father. All right? So the Holy Spirit cries, Father, Father, from deep within you. Verse 16, the Spirit himself thus testifies together with our own spirit, assuring us that we are children of God or sons of God. Verse 17, and if we are his children, then we are his heirs also, heirs of God, fellow heirs with Christ, sharing his inheritance with him. Only we must share his suffering if we are to share his glory. So what is the suffering? Oh, I've been crucified with Christ, not I that live. So the old man, the flesh man, the, the man that is in bondage has suffered and died on the cross and we need to give it up. And we need to receive the free man, which is Christ. We need to give up Adam and take Christ, the lost Adam, the new man, second man. That is 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Okay, so, uh, but what of that? Uh, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time is not, are not being worth being compared to the glory which is about to be revealed to us and in us and for us conferred on us okay so you see the glory in the face of jesus that's where the freedom is so when we look that's second corinthians chapter three if you just read you know we read up to verse 17 where the spirit of the lord is there is liberty and then he says and we behold him as with unveiled face and we are transformed into his very own image his very own image image of freedom and liberty as we look in the glass in the mirror of the lord we Behold his face, and we behold the glory of the Lord. So we stop looking to the glory of Moses, and we start looking to the glory in the face of Jesus. And as you look, you're transformed into the very same image, from glory, old faded glory, darkness, to glory, new, ever-increasing glory, everlasting light. Does it make sense? I hope so. Okay, right. So it says, I consider that sufferings of this present time is not worth being compared with the glory that is about to be revealed in us and for us and conferred on us. So the more you look into the glass, which is the word, the more the glory increases. And that glory is your freedom. It doesn't matter what your circumstances are. The circumstances are just circumstances. But who you are is free from the law, free from fear, free from circumstances. So people can't uh, control you by fear. Because you are controlled by the Holy Spirit. No more fear. Verse 19. For even the whole creation, all nature, waits expectantly and longs earnestly for God's sons to be made known. Remember, the son is the mature one. That's the free one. And the other one is a slave. The son, Galatians 4, is opposed to the slave or, or in juxtaposition to the slave. Okay? So he says, um, 
waits earnestly for God's sons to be made known, waits for the revealing, the disclosing of their sonship or their adoption. Verse 20, for the creation was subject to frailty, futility condemned to frustration, not because of some intentional fault on its part, but by the will of him who so subjected it. So who subjected creation to frailty? Adam. So I disagree with the uh, Amplified Translation putting a capital letter there. It's not Jesus or God the Father who put creation to frailty. But it's Adam that ruled and put creation to frailty. Okay. Not because of some unintentional fault on his part, but by the will of him, Adam, who so subjected it, yet with the hope that nature itself will be set free from its bondage or decay. Or nature itself will be delivered from his bondage to decay and corruption and gain into the entrance into the glorious freedom of God's children. So you see there, the deliverance is from law, Moses, slaves under the law, to Free, sons of God, uh, under the power of the Holy Spirit, yielded to the Holy Spirit. Those are the two groups that you can belong to. Okay, we know that the whole creation of irrational creatures has been moaning together in the pains of labor until now. And not only creation, but we ourselves too, who have and enjoy the first fruits of the Holy Spirit, the foretaste of the blissful things to come, grown inwardly as we wait for the redemption of our bodies from sensuality and the grave, which will reveal our, our adoption, our manifestation as God's sons. So we have been delivered, but there's a, there is still an ongoing salvation taking place until we look exactly like him. So how is this deliverance going to manifest while we look into the glass, which is the word, and we behold the face of Jesus and that glory that is shining to us, which is no longer on the face of Moses, but it is shining from the face of Jesus. We behold that and we are transformed into the very own image until we look exactly like the sun, the mature, the free. Okay? So the more you look, the more you will reflect him. And he is free. All right. So stop trying to become free by looking at the bondage of your past, by looking at the bondage of your parents, or by looking at the bondage of Moses. You are free in Christ, so look at Christ, and that freedom will manifest more and more. All right? So uh, I want you to just see this, that deliverance, uh, you, the, the bondage you experience is uh, not because there's any true bondage in your life, the bondage you experience is because you do not know who you are. And you are a son of God, born of the Spirit. And where the Spirit is, there is freedom. Uh, you're a son of God. Uh, a mature son is glorious and has glorious liberty, according to Romans chapter 8. So uh, if you understand and truly know, have a revelation from the Holy Spirit of who you really are, by seeing who you really are in Christ, then you will not have any bondage in manifestation. Okay, so it works like this. First, you recognize who you are, that you are already free as Christ is free. That's the spirit that's inside you. But the more you look, the more you believe it. And the more you believe it, the more your mind is renewed. You are transformed into that very same image that you are looking into. So there is... Uh, an initial deliverance, Colossians 1, the Father has delivered us and drawn us himself. So your spirit is completely free. But there's something that is a process also. And that process is you look into the face of Jesus and the progression is more and more of his glory shining from your life. 
Okay? And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So the more and more the Spirit of the Lord is manifested in your life, the, the less and less you are in bondage. All right? So um, that's just the manifestation. It happens through believing that you are free in Christ. All right? So may you just experience the liberty that you have as a son. May you just have a revelation that you are a son and sons are free. You're no longer as uh, under the law as slaves, Romans chapter 6, verse 14. But you are under grace as subjects of God's favor and mercy. He has set you free. Now let's just see what the grace does. Uh, if we go to Titus chapter 2 that we read the other day as well, it says, uh, verse 11, for gra- the grace of God. We're not under the law as slaves, but under grace. Now this is what grace does. The grace of God. His unmerited favor and blessing has come forward and appeared for the deliverance from sin. And eternal salvation for all mankind. So law will keep you in bondage and grace appears for the deliverance of sin. It has trained us to reject and renounce all ungodliness, irreligion and worldly passionate desires. So what stirs up the passionate desires? Romans 7 verse 5, 6, 7, 8 till 11. The passionate desires are stirred up by the law. But the grace says, the grace uh, trained us to reject and renounce all ungodliness and worldly passions and desires. To live discreet, temperate, self-controlled, upright, devout, spiritually whole lives in this present world. This grace message that goes on and tells you you can do whatever you want. This grace is a false doctrine. It's not true. Grace teaches you. It delivers you from sin. It trains you to reject and renounce all ungodliness, to live discreet and upright. And it gives you the power to do so also. Deliverance. Deliver us from evil. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses, blood of Christ, as we uh, forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, not in the law of Moses, but deliver us from evil. Set us free from the manifestation of the law, the, the, the effect that the law has on us. Okay? Um, for thine is the kingdom, power, and the glory um, forever. Okay, so I just want to quickly, I will want to end uh, in First Corinthians chapter 10. And I just want you to, to just hear this. Um, speaking of the communion... The daily bread, remember? Okay, so it says, um, Therefore, remember now, Lord's Prayer, lead us not into temptation. It says, verse 12, 1 Corinthians 10, Therefore, let anyone who thinks he stands, who feels sure that he has a steadfast mind and is is standing firm, take heed, listen, lest he fall into sin. For no temptation, no trial regarded as enticing to sin, No matter how it comes or where it leads has overtaken you and laid hold of you that is not common to man. So temptations are common. Uh, Whatever your temptation is, there's millions of others that have got the exact same temptation. So uh, you're not the only one with it. It's common to man. Okay? So it says, uh, But God is faithful to his word and his compassionate nature, and he can be trusted not to let you be tempted and tried and said beyond your ability and strength and resistance and power to endure. But with temptation, so now the law has brought temptation, eh? Romans 7. He 
will always also provide the way out. Here's the way out of temptation. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. We're talking about deliverance. Here's the way out. The means of escape to a landing place. That you may be capable and strong and powerful to bear up under patiently. So you need, this is the grace that's coming to you to deliver you from sin. To teach you your deliver, discreet, upright lives. Okay? He says, therefore, dearly beloved, shun uh, any sort of idolatry. I'm speaking to intelligent, sensible men. Think over and make up your minds, so renew your minds, about what I say. So he's not speaking to stupid people. He's not speaking to unwise people. He's speaking to intelligent people. He says, I appeal to your reason and discernment in these matters. The cup of blessing of wine at the Lord's Supper, upon which we ask God's blessing. Does it not mean that in drinking it, we participate in a share of fellowship, the communion in the blood of Christ? So that's how we share a fellowship in his suffering. The bread which we break, does it not mean that in eating it, we participate in a share of fellowship, a communion in the body of Christ? So we share a fellowship in the suffering of Christ by partaking of the communion. For we, no matter how numerous we are, are one body because we all partake of one bread. Consider this. Uh, those physically people of Israel are not those who eat the sacrifices partners of the altar. Okay, so I want to say the way out, communion, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses. Okay, so um, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, thy kingdom come in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, communion, the bread of life, John chapter 6, his body broken, his blood poured out for us. And forgive us our trespasses by the blood as we forgive those who trespass against us. The right to forgive. Okay? Lead us not into temptation. Don't, don't lead us forth by the word, by, by the law. But deliver us from evil. The Father has drawn us from the darkness of the law. And has placed us into the kingdom of his son. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. So I hope this has given you some perspective on it. The way out, the deliverance out. Communion is Jesus Christ crucified, his body broken for you, and his blood poured out for you. The way out of temptation is not more law. The way out of temptation is fellowship with the Holy Ghost, which comes through faith in the body and the blood of Jesus Christ crucified. Galatians chapter 3, let me ask you this question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law, or was it by hearing the message of Christ, graphically set forth, portrayed as crucified? Okay, so, um, so this is the message that I have on my heart. Uh, the more you hear and have an image of the, the cross, the more you hear the gospel, what Jesus has done for you, the more you realize the freedom that's already given to you, you start to experience it, and the bondages that you used to have and experience falls off from, of, from your life, and you start to walk in more of a manifestation of the Spirit. The Spirit is Lord. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, freedom, which is the opposite of bondage. All right, so I hope this helps you and blesses you. Thank you for watching. I'll see you again tomorrow morning at 9. Have an awesome day full of the glorious liberty of the sons of God. Amen.